Hey, hey, it is May, and that means that I am celebrating mom's big time over here at Mama Simpatico. Because Mother's Day is this month, I want to offer free mom life check-ins to both village members and non-village members. So if you could use a little live virtual support, connection, laughter, a place to shed a tear, or just to spend an hour with moms who get it, come hang out with me and fellow mamas. Head on over to mamasimpatico.com backslash momlifechecken, all one word, no hyphens, to sign up. I hope to see you there. Welcome to Mom School, where I help busy and stressed moms like you create a more joyful, balanced, and fulfilling mom life journey. My name is Lacey Newton, and as a mom of two and creator of Mama Simpatico, I understand the challenges of motherhood all too well. And through my own journey of discovery, I've learned the power of mindfulness in helping me move from surviving to thriving. I want to help you intentionally create a mom life that feels good and is aligned with who you are and who you are becoming. So join me on this journey to raise the tide of happiness and mom life for all of us mamas. Now, let's dive into today's episode. So it occurred to me the other day that thanks to the internet, we are in a very wonderful position to learn from anyone who has a piece of wisdom to share. This is very different from previous generations who were limited to books and newspapers and maybe the Oprah show if it was the 90s and anyone you trusted within your immediate environment. But now we have access to podcasts, audiobooks, YouTube, and all the social media platforms, even virtual coaching and seminars, and we can learn from some of the wisest people in the entire world just from our living rooms. We can learn more skills for living well and in a healthy way than any generation that has ever lived. But with this infinite resource of personal development content, how can a busy, stressed out mom like you, like me, find time to learn from it and put it into practice in our lives? Well, we will be talking about that today. This is the fifth and final episode in the five week series on the elements of living mindfully so that moms like you and me can better manage mom life and feel more like ourselves. Just a reminder, you can remember the five elements with the acronym SHINE, S-H-I-N-E. S is for sit, H is for habits, I is for inner wisdom, N is for neighbor, and E is for education. And just as a reminder, when we cultivate even just one of these elements into our lives, we will find benefits. When we cultivate a couple, we will find more benefits. And the more we develop practices and habits around these elements, the more they weave into each other and allow us to accelerate our access to the benefits of managing mom life with mindfulness. Today, we are talking about the E for education, and especially education and mindfulness and effective tools for managing our daily lives. The purpose of learning more about mindfulness and effective tools for life is to build new skills into our lives that allow us to act and respond in ways that help us achieve our goals, live according to our values, and experience more joy. Unlike watching Seinfeld reruns, we consume mindfulness and personal growth content to find effective ways to better our lives. And today you'll get a practical tool to help you turn the mindfulness and personal growth content you consume into real life practices. 
There is a book that you may have heard of called All I Ever Really Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten by Robert Fulgham. And in his book, he suggests that the very most important skills in life are the ones needed to manage our way through kindergarten. Skills like sharing, kindness, apologizing, cleaning up after ourselves, and living a balanced life. And as I continue down my path on living mindfully, I continue to have conversations with people about the value of this kind of an idea that how amazing it would be if the skills that we acquire through consistent mindfulness practices were taught younger. Most people I talk to feel mindfulness tools are tools for real life and are more useful in frequency and value than, say, Algebra 2 to the average person. As of now, it's not a universal offering in school, so it's up to us to cultivate the skills that we need to live a life that we value, that adds value to the world, and that brings us joy. Luckily, we do have the internet and access to so many amazing teachers these days and all kinds of modes of acquiring these skills. So the question turns to not how to gain new information, but how to turn it into real life change. So I'm presenting this idea of learning and education as an important element of managing mom life with mindfulness. So what does this mean in reality? This means doing exactly what you're doing right now. Listen to podcasts, read or listen to audiobooks, check out what you can find on YouTube about mindfulness, TED Talks are always so informative, read articles, keep learning and growing. But the important thing is to not just passively listen, but to integrate the value of the content into your real life. Integrate is a term commonly used within the mindfulness community to describe what it is like to take on a new skill. It becomes integrated. Driving a car is a skill that has become integrated for most of us. Responding to emails on your cell phone is likely a skill most people have integrated. If you're a mom, taking a shower while also keeping a toddler alive is probably a skill that has become integrated. And there is so much excellent content out there that it can feel a little daunting to think of turning it all into real life practice for yourself. And on the other hand, if you're like me, sometimes I feel like if I listen to enough good info, I'll naturally just change and become new and approved, kind of like that idea of putting your textbook under your pillow at night to learn through osmosis. It almost becomes a comfort to listen to content after content. It's dreamy because it often presents as a surefire way to improve my life. But for me, this is a reflexive habit that while not negatively impacting me, doesn't help me turn the content into practice. So at some point in time, to really integrate skills so that they make a difference in your life, you may need to turn down the input to turn up the practice. That's an analogy I am adapting from my friends at Hello Audio. We can narrow our focus of our content we consume to a trusted resource or a few trusted resources. Stick to that resource for a while. Go slow. Binging all the podcast episodes and books from your newest personal development people will surely give you plenty of ideas for skills to acquire, but it can be kind of like filling a water cup with a fire hydrant. A lot gets lost. Rather, it's important to have time to consider the material and ideas and play with them in real life. You might even try listening to a bit of content, then switch to something that makes you laugh or dance until you've had time to experiment with what you've learned. 
That being said, as you consider new ideas, play with them in your daily life and contemplate if they work for you. If you can see them as true for your life experience, have you heard that ice baths are the key to happiness? I've seriously heard that all over the internet. Anyway, you could try out starting with a cold shower, see how that goes and consider using it as a wellness practice for yourself. I'm not sure how many of these people are busy moms in the ice baths, but if it works for you, good. That's amazing. Otherwise, if you've played with Otherwise, if you've played around with it enough and it doesn't work for you, it's okay if you don't have the same benefit from that tool. We don't all have to take ice paths to be happy and healthy. There are plenty more ideas to experiment with. And when I say play and experiment, and when I say play and experiment with the tools, it really is that kind of attitude. You can stay lighthearted as you play or experiment with new ideas and new practices. Keep learning and keep it light. Be okay doing it wrong. That's also known as having a growth mindset. And you can laugh and celebrate mistakes. Some changes are slow, and that's okay. And try to let, try to let go of strictness around wellness practices and invite a routine that can handle flexibility. When I was a public school teacher, I worked hard in the beginning of the school year to teach my students how to navigate the school, my classroom, and the schedule of the days and weeks. Once they learned these things, they knew what to do, and I didn't have to always remind them each step of the way. It was helpful for everyone. And when it was time to deviate from the schedule, it was fine because they knew it was different than normal and were excited and would pay extra close attention to what was coming next. A good routine is like having handrails when you're able-bodied and going up several flights of stairs. Sure, you could do the steps without the rails, but it feels safe, and especially after a few flights and you're getting high up there, it's nice and predictable, especially as you're consistently renegotiating your balance from step to step. You might even feel more playful on the stairs when you know there's a rail, where if you didn't have it, everything would probably feel a little more serious. And as much as kids thrive on routine, so do us adults. When we have a good wellness routine, the practices become a habit, and once the habits are established, Deviating from the practices because your child is homesick or you go on a trip is not a problem because when things get back into the flow, so do you. You lean right back into those routines and habits that feel so good. It's like a sigh. I feel this so much after deviating from a yoga or meditation routine. And it reminds me of Homer Simpson coming home from a long day of, at the nuclear power plant and settling into his booty groove on the couch. So we've talked about the incredible supply of mindfulness and personal growth content available today that we can narrow our focus and slow it down in order to increase the potential value add in our lives and keep it all light and playful in the process. To help you integrate a piece of content, you can lean on the idea that I'm going to call the treasure chest. When you hear a podcast or read an article, book, or even just have a powerful conversation with someone, you can use this structure to be sure you process the content in a way that increases the chances you will try it out in real life. Okay, in your treasure chest are three things, a memento, a gem, and a pearl. The memento is like a carved trinket, a link back to a moment in time, something like a souvenir you pick up to remind you of something. A gem is something shiny and beautiful. It's something surprising and something valuable from the content. 
And the PIRL is not just any old PIRL, it's P-I-R-L and stands for Practice in Real Life. So let's go through this. I'll show you how this works. I'd like to take you through an example of integrating a piece of content so that you know what it might look like in your life. I read the article, How to Stop the Pain of Wishing People Were Different, written by Rick Hansen for The Greater Good Magazine. I'll link to it in the show notes below if you'd like to read it too. It's an article that discusses the pain we feel by resisting the way others are, from the people we live with to the elected leaders and strangers on the street. It also gives us some tips for getting to a place of greater acceptance. So when I go to look for my memento for this, I'm going to look for something that, from the article, reminds me of something I already know. I'm activating my prior knowledge to help me remember this new content. So this article reminds me of the other day in my house when my daughter got sick and I needed to change my plans to care for her and my other daughter seemed to regularly be saying no and crying in response to the changes of plans or my choices of priorities. I wanted my first daughter to not be sick. I wanted to change that because she just recovered from a cold that turned into pneumonia and I wanted her to feel well and enjoy her new school and I wanted to find our groove again. And I also wished very much so for my other daughter to be more flexible. My gem from this article, the new idea that was presented that seems to stand out for me, is best said by reading a quote from the article. So Rick Hansen wrote, acceptance means to give up to the truth, the facts, the reality, no matter what it is. Taken out of context, I don't know if this has much meaning for you. I read the whole article. It has meaning for me. This sentence is a gem for me because I noticed so much resistance within me to the way things were. To the reality, I was resisting reality. And not only did I notice the resistance to the sickness and the emotional expressions, I noticed my resistance to the resistance I experienced. (laughs) I kept noticing thoughts like, I practice mindfulness. I should be accepting things the way they are, but I am stuck in resistance. I remember being struck by my resistance to the resistance that was bubbling up for me. So continuing down this road with my gem, when I think about giving up to the truth, facts, or reality, here's what happens for me. When I give up to the truth, I can see that my daughter is sick. All I need to do is care for her and give up the stories about just getting over an illness and wishing she could enjoy her time at her new school. I can see these thoughts and I can let them flutter on by like butterflies. I might not be able to stop them from happening, but I don't have to follow them. I also see my other daughter is expressing disappointment as plans and priorities shift. I can give up wishing she was more flexible. The truth is she is disappointed. And when the wishes for flexibility pop up in my mind, I can't stop them, but I don't have to hold on to them or give them additional mental energy. I can give them up by letting those thoughts flutter by like butterflies. And then I also see that I am disappointed and I am spending a lot of mental energy resisting the way things are. That's my truth. That's the reality. I can give up that ego thought layer about being a mindfulness teacher who is resisting the resistance. I can notice those thoughts and let them flutter on by and just see the truth of my experience of resistance. I could even smile at my humanness of wishing I was above suffering in moments like this. Like, how great would that have been if mindfulness led to that? 
So what a lighter mental load that would be for me if I gave up to the truth. Maybe then I could have been thinking more clearly, possibly have found the lost thermometer, and also met my daughters where they were at to continue our strong connection. Okay, so the pearl for this one is a practice for real life. So in this article, Rick shared several acceptance sentence starters or thought starters that I can turn into a pearl. In any moment of my day, I can use an acceptance sentence starter like, it is true that. So here I go. I'm going to imagine myself back in that moment in that day of resistance and sickness and emotion. Okay. It is true that you are sick. It is true that you are disappointed. It is true that I am disappointed. And I can apply this to anything else that I tend to resist. It is true that there is traffic. It is true that there is a sink full of dishes again. It is true that there is a lot to do today. It is true that it's raining again. It is true that the bathtub is cracked. It is true that food prices are going up. It is true that there is war. And as I begin to utilize this plan, I realize how much mental clutter can be cleared up when I am not holding on to stories about why things or people should be different. And once I clear up that mental load, I can probably respond to these truths more effectively, whether that be self-compassion, compassion for others, or simply doing what needs to be done or the next right thing, like doing the dishes again. And at least I won't be mentally ruminating in resistance while I do them. Resistance rumination makes doing the dishes so much worse. And it doesn't mean that I'm taking a passive stance to the truth or the reality. I can still take action. But my actions will be so much more on point if I'm not lost and confused by the clutter of resistance. And to be honest, using this treasure chest model takes a few minutes. I've got to pause and think. And writing always does help me with the treasure chest. But wow, I'm so glad I did it with this article. And sometimes I don't feel like I have time, yet when I weigh in the fact that I have not only cleared up the mental clutter of thoughts and stories around resisting the way people and things are, but I've opened up my emotional energy, it, it really feels worth it. I felt so much heaviness in my chest when I was ruminating on resistance. I felt tired and unmotivated and slip sliding into numb. It was heaviness. It was a heaviness that was in the way of my energy and empathy and understanding for my daughters and myself. I feel like the slight grumpy tone I brought to my interactions that day would have shifted had I used this acceptance pearl. I don't want to show up grumpy, especially when my kids need me. So I'm glad I found a pearl that can help me when I start to notice my tone turn grumpy. I realize grumpy tones in my interactions are a sign of resistance. And I wouldn't have noticed any of this if I had simply read this article and moved on to the next one. The value of consuming content for me comes from a slow read, looking at the three parts of a treasure chest, the memento, the gem, and the pearl, and keeping it light as I play with integrating the new ideas and tools. Okay, so if you'd like a meditation to go along with the idea of turning content into skill, you can check out the visualization practice that's available in the meditations linked below. This meditation will help you integrate a new skill or pearl that you would like to put into regular use. It's really cool, actually. Research has shown that visualizing a new skill has a comparable impact on skill acquisition, just like physical practice. 
This might be really helpful in situations that you cannot practice something in. Like you cannot create a situation where your toddler has a tantrum so that you can practice your response, but you could do it in your mind. And this goes with all kinds of skills. It's pretty cool that we can visualize a skill and get similar benefits as if we had actually done it in the physical world. So printables this week in the village. If you would like to, you can print out a journal and a mini poster on the treasure chest to help your efforts on consuming and integrating new mindfulness and personal growth content. And as always, you can find the show notes in there. So in this day and age of endless content available for free on your phone or computer, I hope you have a sense of how to approach it so that you are set up to get the most value returned to you in your real life. And as we wrap up this last episode in this five-episode series, I want to share a couple of final thoughts about the elements of shine and how they can help you manage mom life. Remember, just begin where you are most comfortable. If you like podcasts, start with education. If you're interested in a mindfulness community, start with the N for neighbor. Have five minutes before bed, build in a meditation practice. Next week, we will be beginning a theme of saying no to find more joy and feel like yourself. We have a series of four episodes all focused on different ways to mindfully say no in your life. If you could use a little more support for whatever phase of mom life you are in, please come check out The Village. In The Village, we connect and practice mindfulness together to manage mom life and feel more like ourselves. Thank you for sharing your time and practice with me. That is all for this episode. Thank you for listening. Remember, you are in good company. May this information benefit you, your loved ones, and moms all over the world.